1: Hello again and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. MFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Each episode, we cover an aspect of sex that impacts your sex life and something that you can relate to. So if you find our discussions helpful, please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love it if you would tell a friend about us. You can find us also on the web at foreplayrst.com. And if you have a comment or a topic that you'd like us to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. Please send them to us at info at foreplayrst.com. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. Today we're going to do a fun segment on witches, wenches and sexual women.
0: <laughs> oh, awesome.
1: This is our Halloween episode. Halloween
0: episode. Right. All right. I'm going to rely on you then, Lori, <laughs> to kind of to kind of direct us on this Thanks. one, right? What is? What are you So we're talking about just that kind of dichotomy, right? Especially when it comes to around Halloween like yeah. uh, the thing why you why all hear, the
1: sexy costumes why all the, yeah I
0: mean every halloween costume for a woman has something like that's yeah. make Woo-hoo. they're trying to make it more sexy A sexy nurse yeah sexy you teacher. know teacher you know werewolf Oops. werewolves are sexy apparently <laughs> right the
1: french maid
0: yeah all those different kind of costumes what do you think that's about what is what is going on there
1: you know so i think that The real problem is, right, that the sexual woman is part of the shadow side of women, that it's Mm -hmm. not something that we see as open. And so I I think there's kind of this little hint that the sexual part of the woman is really the evil part of a woman, Mm. right? I mean, there's still the word slut being thrown around, you know, the, the slutty costume that basically it's a it's denigrating to the sexuality of a woman. You know, okay. but we allow it on this one day a year. We we kind of celebrate it and say, "Yeah, woohoo, get it on!" You know, wear <laughs> that sexy stuff. And
0: <laughs> it can only you know. <laughs> come out. It can only come out one day in three hundred and sixty-five. <laughs> one day a
1: right? oh, year, you yeah. can you can let the sexual woman be very visible. Yeah, but I mean, I think that there's men and women kind of are anxious and afraid of the sexual force, right. the female sexual force, right?
0: Yeah. What is that? What is that fear? What is the, from your perspective, what do you see that fear? Why are we afraid of it? That's a good question. That, I mean, and is that different for men and women? or men and women dif- afraid of different oh, things there?
1: I think, I think definitely both women and men are afraid of the sexual woman, right? Yeah. You know, she, she's so sexual and therefore, you know, the way she is gives her some sort of advantage. I'm at risk because she'll take my husband. Um mm-hmm. You know, or she'll sleep her weight at the top or, you know, yeah. the, she's a slut because she had more partners than I did or, you yeah. know, she must have been a slut because she's gotten this, you know, this place of power in her life. I mean, there's all yeah. kinds of things that we assume, you know, if we say a man is bad, then we mean, okay, he's an alcoholic and a gambler or something. But if we say a woman is bad, I mean, I think the first thing that comes to mind is she's bad because she's sexual. Yeah. You know, she's she's sexy,
0: I wonder, you know, in my mind, when you first said that, that we're afraid of the sexual side, I think initially just on that on its head, I wonder if men would protest that. They were saying, if I'm not afraid of that, I want my woman to be sexual, right? Yeah. But I think what you're saying is underneath that, that there's some implications that are inconsistent in the way that men react to women in, in mm-hmm. that way that mm-hmm. is playing more into what you're saying, right? Mm-hmm.
1: But I think that there's there's a bit of a double bind, right? They yeah. want her to be... Really sexual. I mean, it's still the angel in the morning, you know, the devil when you get back ha- home, mm. or, you know, the lady in the street, the tramp in the sheets. I yeah. mean, there is this split yeah. that says, yeah, I I want her to be this way, but I want it controlled. Yeah, I want it when I want it. Mm. I don't want it. I don't want her to be that way, and everybody to know she's that way, right? Oh yeah. Because then I'm vulnerable again to. You know, if people knew how sexual my woman was, as you said it,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, yeah. what would they What would they think? They might want her too, and I'm at risk.
0: Yeah. They're at risk for losing that. They're at risk for yeah. losing her, losing.
1: Other people being able to see that and then, you know, be envious. Well, I think men particularly kind of want to be seen with the beautiful woman, right? Mm-hmm. That kind of envy is good. Yeah. I guess how does that compare in your mind with that as opposed to the the judgment of a woman being sexual and slutty?
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I've, I still struggle with that even though I mean I agree in trying to figure out why that where that's coming from. Mm-hmm. Um as a as a man, I mean. I mean, I think mm-hmm. I think women, you know, as a woman you probably see it much more clearly than even I do cuz our biases are I, I don't know if I see sometimes. any of
1: this all that clearly yet. But you, you're saying you're struggling to figure out what it's about, like about men yeah. who want to have the ornament on their arm and
0: I think that there's just a cultural, particularly for us in America, there's just a cultural thing that automatically put men, if they have multiple sexual partners, they're seen as a mm. as you know, good. as as a as, good, they're seen as a cat, right. it's more playful, you know, yeah, it's more his- playboy type mentality yeah. mm-hmm. it's, for some reason there's a charm to it mm-hmm. as opposed to a he's the female tall, dark, experienced that, guy that mm-hmm. has multiple partners she's seen as promiscuous and as she's the slut absolutely she's, a, the she's slut. A slut. and mm-hmm. like um even i wonder too if it's even if it doesn't go as far as, as somebody calling her a slut but just that she that that's but there's, women some, there's something can still wrong lose there their reputation yes that's right I mean, women loo- can still something... lose their
1: reputation, whereas I don't think men can lose their reputation. Yeah, would
0: you say, I mean, they, they take a hit as far in their yeah. reputation if, they, if they're if they seen still, as... Absolutely, yes. still. I mean,
1: I work with college-age girls, yeah. and they still feel a loss, you know, potentially, a risk, mm. you know, at their reputation if they decide to sleep with somebody or have a hookup, whereas mm. their male colleague, not so much, yeah. right? Not at all. Yeah, It's like something to brag about.
0: Yeah, and so in that sense, like there is something that's negative and you know, I wonder if this is, there's still a sense of possession that, uh, that goes with that. You know, like you're even saying like, the, the trophy on, on his arm, you know, that there's mm-hmm. still a sense of even in 2016 that she's mine yeah. and mine to show off and mine to present as I want to present her. Mm-hmm. There's still that kind of mindset. There's some, that some kind of sense of, pr- sense that's of ownership. I've, yeah. I've
1: won this. Therefore, I am, mm-hmm. you know, I am endorsed with something, some competency or or some greatness because I have this beautiful woman, It's which is, of course – Objectifying, right? It has nothing to do with her or what she feels and who she is. It's about what she brings to the table in terms of decorating the guy. Mm. Yeah, and I'm not sure these aren't different things or if it's the same thing, but the internal sexual woman being the slut, it's a split, I think, kind of back to the Freudian days of, Mm. you know, she can't somehow or another be integrated, she can't be good. You know, she can't be good and be sexual all at the same time. She sees that. I think the ornament on the guy's arm, right, is, mm. okay, she's just, she's an object. I mean, yeah. she's a sexual, but she's not a real woman with her own desires and designs mm. and ambitions. It's like it, she's only there to service him.
0: Well, I mean, I mean, taking it in that light, I mean, we're, that's it's dehumanizing. Right. Right. It's, mm-hmm. it's denial of a part of... Of who she is. And
1: mostly because she's very, she's seen as very sexual.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, if you're seen as very sexual, you are going to be denigrated, right? Right. In some way. I mean, maybe people will be jealous of you. Maybe women will be jealous of you. But I think the way maybe that's coped with, right, is through this denigration. Well, she's probably just a slut, mm. you know.
0: That's the only explanation we can have yeah right.
1: other than oh she you know she looks hot and she looks great and she loves sex and mm-hmm. she's not afraid to flaunt that and you know why is that a bad thing and I think the problem in our commitments in our relationship is because of that cultural pressure for women to somehow or another be modest and not show who they are and not be who they are sexually is then they get into relationship right? And there's this enormous pressure about not being a r- truly sexual woman.
0: Right, and how many times have we seen uh, couples, Lori, where there's inhibition on the woman's part that causes all kinds of sexual issues in the couple, but also just relational issues where it, she has a hard time letting go during sex. Exactly. Right? And at, listening to you talk about that, like that, makes me think that there's a big part of that that is seeing that side of her as bad. Yeah. Um, as if, like, if she enjoys sex, then that automatically makes her a slut.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly. I, I think, unfortunately, these cultural pressures are impacting us daily. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think about the particular split of the mommy, mm-hmm. who is, once she becomes the mommy, she's no longer the sexual girl. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's truly the whore-Madonna split, right? That yeah. she is the Madonna. She's all good. She's all giving or she's a slut, which is seen as selfish and bad. Mm. And we we can't be both at the same time as mothers. And, I mean, I, I definitely know young women who talk about this. Like, you know, oh, you know, once I become a mom, you know, my whole focus is the kids. And this, this exciting part of my life, she's not excited about it anymore. Yeah. But I think it's more than just something inside her. Mm. I think it's the fact that she doesn't see that she can be sexually wanting and selfish and be a mother who is giving to her children it's like Mm -hmm. those two things don't compute yeah so she splits and she stays only the madonna yeah look bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and what do i even say other than
2: hey (sighs) well that's why they're introducing an all-new bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer, they've changed. So you don't have to. Download the new Bumble
1: now. And of course, some men split, right? They, sure. they used to see her as party girl, and now they only see her as the mother of their children, and they mm-hmm. can't feel sexual about her, no matter how attractive she is.
0: Yeah, I'd say the, that's less common, don't you think? For for men in that case, or you think you think it's no. just as common? I think oh, it's really? just as common. Okay.
1: Yeah. I I see that over and over. Men who, like, lose attraction as soon as she becomes the mother. And, I mean, I know out there we're going to get a ton of mail about this. You know, men are going to say, yeah, but it's because she really lost interest in the bedroom. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the man who splits inside and says, I am not attracted to my wife or, you know, my woman once she becomes mother of the children.
0: Yeah. So do you think that that's because of the split that he has in his mind if she likes sex that she's bad
1: yeah because I mean I think none of us can really imagine our mothers liking sex Uh, you know (laughs) to be a mother is to be sexless and to have no libido I even know in myself like as a woman growing up fairly conservative, to be a sex therapist. Mm. There is in me this this tiny bit of apology. Yeah. You know, even <laughs> though it's a great line at a party, what do you do? Oh, I'm yeah. a sex therapist. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's a great line, but I don't use it very often because yeah. I think there's just something like I, I don't necessarily – I'm aware of the counter pressure that by identifying as a sex therapist makes me a sexual woman – my trade, right? I mean, uh, it makes me somebody who's interested in sex, and yet I'm female.
0: That's so interesting, uh, Laurie, because when I tell people that I do this podcast, my uh, male friends go, that's awesome. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> that's so interesting. <laughs> oh, that's, that's good. That's so interesting. <laughs>
1: that's good. Uh, so I, never, I
0: never thought, I would never, like, I, yeah. Imagine. Well, imagine I mean, that I that think, think what, at
1: this point, I'm comfortable with sure, it. Sure, sure, yeah. But I I think that there's unconsciously and sometimes consciously this tiny nag It says, you know, what are my old friends going to think about this? Mm, Yeah, (laughs) yeah, Yeah.
2: that's
0: interesting. So I guess maybe after the break, talking about what we do. Yeah, and let's
1: talk about some role play and fantasy and what maybe what the Halloween dress-up does do that could be positive as well. Yeah. Okay, we'll be back. This is 4Play Radio Sex Therapy. Your sex therapist, Lori Watson, and my co-host, Dr. Adam Matthews, our couples therapist. Thanks for listening.
2: Wanting Sex Again How to Rediscover Desire and Heal a Sexless Marriage by Certified Sex Therapist Lori Watson
1: Technique and that combination together helps marriages be happy.
2: Improve your sex and improve your relationship with Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Find out more at awakenloveandsex.com and sign up for their next couples retreat weekend hosted by Lori Watson. Awakenloveandsex.com. Awaken what's possible.
0: It is one of my great joys in life to be able to really help individuals and couples find strength in their relationships and really find hope again.
2: Licensed marriage and family therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews from Matthews Counseling.
0: I work with a wide variety of issues, including depression and anxiety, marital issues, issues with adolescence. I believe that therapy should be designed around you, that it should be personalized to who you are and to your unique situation.
2: Therapy is available in office, online,
0: and by phone. I want therapy to be comfortable for everyone. At our office, you'll find that we sit around a fireplace in deep, comfortable chairs look at the problem differently, and offer practical solutions for you to take home and utilize outside of the therapy
2: room. Schedule today and rediscover hope.
0: You can find me on the web at matthewscounseling.net. Matthew's with one T. You can contact us through email or phone and find a lot of resources on our website, matthewscounseling.net.
1: Welcome back to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with your host, sex therapist Lori Watson, and my co-host, Dr. Adam Matthews, our couples therapist, and we are talking about witches and wenches and sluts and women who are sexual, and it's been so far so fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, it's an interesting Halloween is an interesting time. It really it is. is. It isn't like just how we culturally address this, and do you still dress up? Um, I do when our daughters want us to. Go we at. sometimes do family costumes. Yeah. yeah, We do theme costumes. We're that family. I'm sorry. I don't apologize for <laughs> it. It's just who we that's are. That's totally cool.
1: Like Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah, that's right. One versus that's Toto. Right. That's right. I've seen that. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, We have fun
0: with it. We <laughs> like
2: Halloween.
1: But I, I think that this idea of the sexual woman being called a slut part of her, like mm-hmm. a bad part of her, and Halloween being free, I, I do think that role play and dressing up and all that is is just kind of the suspension of the ordinary, you know, mm. where for for just a little bit you can kind of pretend to be somebody else, especially for the woman who's inhibited, you know. Yeah. I think I think that's what's exciting to those parties that sometimes you see, you know, all the women are dressed as wenches or mm. in the sexy costume, right? It's like I get to be this alternate ego mm. for a short period of time where I get to let it out that I actually am sexual. And mm. that, that can spe- be really exciting.
0: Yeah. But I mean, that even speaks to what we were talking about earlier, right? That that, I mean, Halloween, you get I to see. let down your inhibitions. And so uh-huh. for, for that to be particularly one of the only options at costume stores for women to choose would seem to mm-hmm. then indicate that we as a culture still we recognize that, we recognize that it, it is forbidden. repressed. Yes, yeah, yeah, and
1: that the, we see it as equivalent to the imp, you know, part of
0: mm.
1: in the female that the the sexual part for whatever reason is somehow or another dangerous, bad to be mm. repressed, and she finally lets it out. So I have a patient who's going to a Halloween costume party, you know, and she's she's overall inhibited, right? She's actually a low sex desire person. But she's going to dress it up and look really sexual. And I've asked her, you know, how does it feel to try on this part that is so sexual? You know, what what does that do for you? You know, why is it isolated for just the party, for show, instead of something that's integrated in who you are? And she's like, I, I don't know. I mean, I I know I'll look good, and I know that I'll get a lot of attention. And that's exciting but me actually being the subject of my own sexuality, being the person who owns it, asks for it, initiates it, wants it, th- that's completely foreign to her. Mm-hmm. It's only maybe driven by the attention that yeah. she gets.
0: So, Lori, when we talk about that, because integration is so important, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I talk about this with clients all the time.
1: For long-lasting and, passion, yes. Yeah.
0: And so... When we talk about it in relationship, if people are finding themselves with that kind of split in their head, mm-hmm. right? Tell me about the female side. Like, how do people begin to be more integrated? Right. And particularly because we're saying, like, it can lead to complications for couples. So if if you're feeling that during Halloween, like, what are we... How do we? Why can't how, we what do get, we do? Grab that part. Yeah. yeah how, do, how do we? So how do we speak. hold on to that? How do we integrate that into our relationships? And
1: yeah, I, I mean, I think that was my challenge to her. Just what you're saying is, this is clearly a part of her—a more exhibitionist part, mm-hmm. right? That says, I, "I've got this sexual part, and I'm going to show it off." And I, I mean, I think I learning that she actually does have this piece inside her is is the way that she integrates it. I had a patient who talked about a watching fantasy, like she could never orgasm with her partner, but she could if she used a particular fantasy where she was kind of hiding in a pantry and her husband, in her mind's eye, was doing it with a really sexual woman. Mm. You know, this woman who was super aggressive, who would kind of rip his clothes off and bite him and all this stuff that was super sexual. And I said, well, who's the author of that fantasy? You know? you're you have the aggressor you're narrating that fantasy in your own mind mm-hmm. it's part and parcel of you you know so so actually you are the woman that you're seeing making love to your husband you are her too I mean that's that's how our mind works right we we have to create that from something and she was creating it from a really erotic place inside mm. so I think the dress up part the role play while it may allow people to temporarily drop inhibitions it is actually who they are
0: yeah you know just claiming that and yeah just, uh, saying that that's that can be me too right? right
1: and I don't have to wait for once a year to you know mm-hmm. be the vixen I mean, I think also owning it in a way of saying this is something good. This yeah. is a good part of me. Yeah,
0: because you are. I mean, that's, there's lots of, lots of self-guilt and self-loathing if you're split, right? Right. If, you're, I, say, if I, one part of you is bad, like that's just going to be you're going to feel guilty. Sure. And, and there's that.
1: power in owning it and yeah. saying I, I get to have sex the way I want it. I get to have it when I want it. Mm. You know, maybe it's the sex slave fantasy you know it's like you you tell him that night do this do that and Mm -hmm. and somehow or another she allows that to happen in herself she allows the aggression to kind of come out and dominate and but she gets the sexual experience that she wants and i think that like you said if she can see that this is an aspect of her sexual self Mm -hmm. and then maybe more consciously own it That would be great.
0: And seeing it as it doesn't dirty any of the other roles that she has to play, right? I mean, because you can tell me better than this. You can speak to this more than I can. It seems to me that, especially as we were talking about before, when a woman has children, Mm -hmm. like she will sacrifice anything to maintain Mm -hmm. the goodness of who she is as a mother.
1: Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And
0: so like not denying sex to be a good mother. Would be would be well, quick on the table or I anything anything else like that that she would have to yeah, sacrifice. Yeah, I think it's evoke.
1: the fantasy that we have of being a good mother. Yeah. We, we fantasize that a good mother will not sacrifice anything, or will sacrifice everything for her children—time, her own you know health, her own needs for herself, a couple time. Everything should be sacrificed for the children, and that's because when we are children, we have this fantasy that that's who our mother is. We don't. Mm actually see that you know she has alone time she has a relationship with you know potentially our father mm-hmm. you know that she has selfish needs in fact we're we're very disillusioned when our mother you know emerges as a true person and has her own desires and selfish needs you know we think of that as the the great disillusionment because we are so dependent as children we want the all-giving mother and then when women become mothers They want to fulfill that fantasy of I'm the all giving everything. But it turns out, you know, in order for us to be even good mothers, we need to have times that we replenish ourselves and relationships that are feeding us and nurturing us both emotionally and sexually and with time away and attention put into them. Because we can't really continue to nurture our children if we don't have that input. Yeah. And I mean, I think of women who say, you know, I'm all touched out. I've touched out and I can't touch anymore. And I'm like, you touched, but you weren't touched really in a way that nurtures you. I mean, you were giving, 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 wiping noses and bottoms and everything else. But what about you being nurtured and touched? And I think part of the split is this unrealistic idealism that mothers are givers, not takers. And mm-hmm. sexual women are takers, right? Mm-hmm. Not givers necessarily. And so, I, I mean, I think there's this this way of we have to integrate it.
0: Yeah. Any of the other roles you play, whether that's mother or employee or friend, like what whatever the other roles are that you have to play, being sexual doesn't have to sully them, so to speak, or doesn't have to dirty those other roles. Right. And I think that's that's one of the things that you can you can embrace both things. How do you I, think I would really hope so? Yeah <laughs> yeah. How do you think men as partners support women and support their partners in this kind of integration? Like what what can we do as men to say, we want to support you being sexual? I mean, sexual? I think
1: to be fully erotic, you are erotic throughout your life, right? Mm. And maybe that does mean dressing up to dinner with your husband and looking sexy or whatever. I mean, and I do have men who feel anxious about that, who mm. are jealous and want to her to look sexy just in the bedroom and, and not be alluring outside like. of the bedroom. So I think certainly getting a hold of you know, if she's going to be sexual, she's going to be sexual everywhere, not necessarily with everybody, because we have a voice, we have a commitment, we have a determination that, you know, says who, when, when, and why. But I think people who are sexual, they exude that, you know, in throughout their life. They have an energy, a libido, right? I mean, I can almost always tell when a woman comes in the room whether or not she has a libido just by the energy that she puts mm-hmm. out. I mean, I just know, yeah, this this woman, it's it's not about a repressed libido. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think allowing for that and realizing that there is there is an additional risk in that of having a person who's fully sexual be with you because, of course, they're going to be attractive to others.
0: Yeah. So being proud of that. Yeah, being so, proud of that.
1: Yeah. And not being threatened by that.
0: Yeah. Being secure in himself and also being fully integrated himself and yeah. integrating those ideas.
1: Yeah. And I also think, you know, what male partners can do is definitely insist on the coupleship as a priority. Like, mm. no, we have to get out. It has to be just you and me. No, the children cannot come. And even if he's viewed as the bad guy yeah. for a little bit, it's worth that fight yeah. because he helps her come back into the sense that she's a woman as well as a mother. Mm. You know, so definitely insisting on that.
0: Yeah, that that is a key thing to me, I think. I had some clients who... They didn't do anything without the kids, you know, Ah. like they were all over the place and it was more driven by him than Mm -hmm. anybody else. And so or than it was by her. And so I think like what you're saying is like he's honoring that Mm -hmm. side of her and saying that she's more because I think what this client was doing was. There was no other role for her to play but mother. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. there was no other role that was going to happen that he
1: was going to esteem. That really. he
0: was go- that he was going to esteem. He wanted her to be sexual. He wanted to yeah. have sex with her. But
1: he was sabotaging the relationship. That's with right. That insistence. That's yeah. right.
0: And so I think doing that for your partner and taking her out, you know, romancing her and honoring that part of her and yeah. saying that there's going to be space in our relationship for for this for, this, for yeah. her for you to be sexual. For all the roles that you have to play, to, there's going to be space in our relationship for right. that. And they're going to all be equal. There's right. not going to be one that's going to be more esteemed than the other.
1: Yeah. And I would say November 1st, all those Halloween costumes go on sale. So if you're interested <laughs> in role play and dressing up, uh, discounts which can be a fun. There's a lot, some heavy discounts there, 60% there off. November 1st on all those fun costumes. So, there you go. so thank you. You've been listening to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with your host Lori Watson and my co-host Dr. Adam Matthews. Thanks for listening. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much.